Welcome to Typecraft, the podcast that reveals the untold stories of type design. This week, we have Ben Keel and Jesse Reagan from XYZ Type, whose synergy of custom and retail font projects provides a unique perspective on running an independent type foundry today. Ben and Jesse started XYZ Type in 2017 and have done custom type and lettering for Rolling Stone Magazine, Northeastern University, Dartmouth College, and Jose Cuervo, just to name a few. You'll hear about their experiences working with clients and how they navigate having their custom work inform their retail work and vice versa, specifically with their typeface Polymode, originally designed for the design studio of the same name. Here's some of what Ben and Jesse had to tell us. Yeah, they, they approached us. They had a very broad brief. They had this very open-ended question of how can we create a typeface for Polymode, the studio, that both represents what's unique about the studio and can be very adaptable to be used for all kinds of projects that they want to do. So I think it's kind of this um, slightly old-fashioned notion of having a house typeface for a design studio, uh, that they would have this tool that is theirs to use that they've created for the work that they make. So I think to come up with the scope, we sort of knew what the typeface needed to do. Um, and we were at that intersection of what the project brief and budget was. Um, and to be frank, that project is something that we willingly went out of scope for because we found a solution to the need that fit really perfectly that was somewhat out of scope. And that is a understatement of the original uh, brief. But because the studio operates in such a wide variety of contexts, we needed something that for them could switch tone. And so we came up in the process of designing it. Um, we hit upon developing a variable typeface for them that had uh, what they named the realness axis. So it has a weight axis and then has this realness axis. And that axis lets the typeface go from something that um, is called acting basic, uh, which is a square-sided, very straight-ahead workhorse sans serif, to uh, going to work, which is a revival of lining gothic, to uh, a th ultimately a thing called opulence, which is the way we describe it is if you took acting basic and projected it through the lens of going to work, how far could it go? So sort of reimagining, taking a revival, kind of a pretty strict historical revival, making it very plain, and then going the opposite way with it, you get to, to full on opulence. So we really wanted to give them something that met their need and felt like you know, you're always for a custom typeface. The question is always like, why are we making this? Why not? Why make something custom versus buying something off the shelf? And so trying to find a way in that project to give them something that this is the reason you'd want a custom typeface. This is a thing that kind of like really ticks all the boxes and sort of gives you the the sort of exact tool that you're looking for as opposed to like trying to shoot like pick something off the shelf and like yeah it's good in this context but it's not good in that context so we need something else we need something else it's like one thing that does everything you know we think of this typeface being very much about identity it's about the identity of polymode studio it's also about our identity it's bringing our own voices into it 
So um, in a way, it was a more personal project than a lot of them before us. So we were willing, you know, and interested to put in that extra time and effort to really get to the specific kind of product that we would want to sell that would reflect our studio too. So I think that maybe the the biggest challenges we've had, um, you know, as Ben was sort of alluding to, is when um, when there isn't discussion, when it's just like, okay, approved, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, certainly in terms of um, knowing that we got to the right result, you know, we're never going to feel fully confident about that if everything's just like, okay, and keeping momentum for the project, keeping enthusiasm for it. I mean, if we at least get. Uh, wow, this is great. I love this, this, and this. Even if the feedback's all positive, we still want some feedback to know that we're on the right track rather than just like, yes. <laughs> you need that critical feedback because we have our perspective, but we're ultimately not the people using the typeface. And so you want the people who are going to be using the thing that you're making to have opinions because they they have worked with their brand or the problem more than we have. And we can bring fresh eyes to that brand or that problem, but ultimately they're the people who have to use the thing. So yeah, like Jesse said, if, if someone's just like, whatever, it's like, well, then why are we doing this? And and But that's not, that doesn't happen very often because if you get to the point where you're commissioning a custom typeface, you care enough that like, well, whatever isn't really, I mean... If, if your answer is, well, whatever, you're just using Helvetica. And like, as a type designer, when you're working on a personal project, when is done is a really hard question. With client work, it's a very easy question. There is a deadline. Um, and that's actually, I mean, personally speaking, there's always stress attached with that deadline. But I like working on projects with hard deadlines because part of the thing where you're like, well, it could be this or it could be this. You have to make a decision at a certain point and move. Um, and it's a great forcing function. Um, and so like with polymodes, like they needed it for a project. So it had to be done. It's the kind of, I mean, it's always the problem with typeface design that you, the decisions you make early on in the process have huge ramifications in uh, the complexity that then spreads out from them throughout the character set or in a family throughout all the different styles. Uh, so it's really good to get a strong foundation from the beginning. When you have to build a foundation in four days, <laughs> you may be building on a uh, slightly shaky foundation. So that's why I mean that's why it's nice to have a, a leisurely process with deadlines. <laughs> that's kind of the ideal scenario. A, a little secret is that our original website did not have a custom section, which was a very bad idea. <laughs> we learned by adding a custom section that, yes, that does yield new work and uh, does get some attention. So uh, that's been, I think, very crucial for, for getting new projects. Um, but I think it also, I, I wouldn't say that it's a vanity thing uh, so much as that it uh, partly is a way to uh, engage with the community or have a dialogue with the community because we try to present those case studies in a way that's uh, maybe not exactly educational, but at least shares behind the scenes of how we approach a project, how we function. And I, you know, we do get responses from early career typeface designers and lettering designers about um, how those case studies have informed their own practice and given them ideas about how to approach a project. So uh, hopefully that's a helpful dialogue that we're engaging in. And then also... You know, there's a part of it where clients need to know that they're 
some that you are someone who can do these things and so they need to see like oh i know that brand i know i i know these people and whatever um that's a bit of reassurance because sometimes custom type the timelines can be long um and it can be not an insignificant amount of money sometimes and so knowing that you're someone who has delivered and works with people that they know is that bit of reassurance. We have our own typefaces, Escalator and Elevator, uh, which started in a similar place, but grew into two families because we had custom commissions where people wanted to modify Escalator to make it different in some way. And now that has actually become the basis for a number of different projects where we've custom tailored Escalator in some way by swapping out one glyph or by adding weird curves to all of the capitals or um, different kinds of things that we can do to make this really ownable. Just adjust the X height a little bit, give them a custom weight. So we've had those calls and, and it tends to be around specifically that geometric sans serif escalator that we get those calls. So that wasn't really a strategic decision though. It was just that uh, we had a commission at one point for a geometric sans made that typeface and then have had that asset on hand and it's been useful for it. Custom type projects tend to be more expensive and more time consuming. So if you want something drawn from scratch, it's going to be like a time frame that some people are not used to and a price that some people aren't used to. But a customized version of something that already exists, they can feel like there's a difference between what we would consider a custom typeface, which is something that is drawn from scratch for a client um, versus a customized typeface, which is something from our retail library that we tailor in some way um, to meet that particular need. There are some clients who come to us saying they want a custom typeface and really what they want is a font with their name in it. And that's that's the extent of what they want. You know, it, yeah. sometimes uh, having something custom is really more of a vanity or a branding attitude and doesn't uh, necessarily uh, require the level of work of creating an entire custom yeah. typeface. So, um, but we wouldn't uh, <laughs> rename a typeface and charge them the price of a, a full custom typeface. Yeah. So I think um, being willing to provide those kinds of options to people and be really transparent with them about what is actually entailed in, in creating it and licensing it is um, the most important thing. I think with every day, more people are aware of custom typeface design or of typeface design itself than were the day before. Um, so uh, that appetite is going to keep growing. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Typecraft. To listen to the full hour-long interview with Ben Keel and Jesse Reagan, where they expand on their creative process and what it's like to compete in the custom type market, along with a comprehensive visual companion showcasing some of their custom projects that found their way into the retail library, subscribe to Typecraft Season 1 at the Proof & Co. online store at proofco.gumroad.com. Subscribers will receive this and every interview and visual companion from Season 1 of Typecraft. Typecraft is a part of the Proof & Co. podcast network, along with the Interrogang podcast. This episode was edited by Andrew Spheris with help and music production by Eric Reed. The interview was conducted by Kyle Reed. To learn more about Proof & Co., visit our website at proofco.xyz. Next week, we'll feature Ed Harrington from Colophon Foundry. 
when we started, you know, it was only two of us, and we tried to divide our tasks um, quite quite pragmatically of understanding what our strengths were. And I think as we've expanded, it's that ethos of again, like playing to playing to everyone's strengths, which is really really important. Ed expands on branding for businesses across the globe, working with a large team of designers, the balance of taking creative risks while working within a timeline, and so, so much more. Talk to you then.